Welcome to the NS North Podcast. My name is Dan Byers, and I'm joined tonight by my co-hosts, Adrian Marshall and Philip Casgray. How are you, Adrian? I'm great, thanks. Yourself? Not too bad, not too bad. And you, Phil? I'm doing great. You, Dan? Good, good. So for today's episode, we have speaker Rob Seagal joining us. How are you, Rob? I'm doing good. How are you? Not too bad. So could you tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, where you're from, what you do? Uh, yeah. So I'm one of the co-founders of Catsack Games here in, in Toronto, which is a small, well, it started out as a small iOS uh, gaming dev studio in 2009, kind of when the App Store was first coming out. Had some really big hits with uh, Mega Jump uh, and Mega Run. Mega Jump 2 went on to do some cool partnerships with uh, Disney and Pixar. We did Monsters Inc. Run, which was a derivative of Mega Run. And we are currently working on an unannounced title. Like, I technically can't tell you, but we're working with uh, Adult Swim. Oh, that's awesome. It's pretty cool. And we recently switched to using the Unreal Engine, which is also quite fantastic. Will we know more by the time the conference rolls around? Um, maybe. You know what? It could be in a soft launch by that time. Maybe. I'm, I'm hoping I could announce it, yeah. So for those of us who might not be too familiar with gets uh, with the uh, Mega Jump, could could you kind of describe the game, uh, like what what it's all about? Yeah, yeah, I can give you like a short description. So it's a uh, tilt control uh, game, which is pretty common on the on the App Store. You control a little a little red monster, our uh, our protagonist, uh, who we've called Redford, who's a, a red monster, and you you collect coins, or Redford eat, eats coins. And with each coin you collect, you jump higher and you jump to like the next coin and you try to get as high as you can. That's that's the basic concept. It's it's pretty much a a continuation of games like Doodle Jump. Okay. Uh, or or which or which was like a really early even before Doodle Jump, there was uh, Pappy Jump. Oh right. It's that that same kind of mechanic. So it's a side scroller, basically. Uh, verti- vertical scroller. Yes. <laughs> Although uh, Mega Run is is technically a side scroller, yeah, like it started out to be like an endless runner, but we t- we changed it to be like a stage based. Right, because endless becomes really really hard after a while. <laughs> it, it, that's the idea, yeah. So you first uh, launched uh, Mega Jump for iOS, and I guess on the iPhone at first. And um, have you explain have you have you expanded the the, the platforms that you do support? Uh, in-house, we didn't expand very much. We've always done uh, iOS. That's been our like main expertise in-house. We've done a, a bit of Android, but nothing uh, natively developed. Um, we've con- contracted that out whenever we've done that. Uh, and we also did a Windows version of Mega Run. But again, that was contracted out. It, it is a native version. but um, that, And we, did, we only did that because Microsoft paid us to do it. <laughs> Did you say, when you say Windows, you mean Windows Phone or Windows the laptop computers? Uh, actually, it was it would run on all of them. It would run on desktop, uh, phone, and Surface. Oh, okay. So it's one of these games that uses their own engine, uh, the, the the Microsoft engine that's uh, designed to be portable. Actually, I was using uh, Cocos 2DX. Hmm. If you know Cocos 2DX, because they they had started to this was like like we launched the Windows version maybe two years ago. And they had just started to roll out, like the Cocos 2DX developers had started to roll out a Windows 8 version. Uh, 
so yeah, we we found a company actually in Ottawa that uh, that I know there. Do you know uh, Bitheads in Ottawa? Of course. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. Because we talked about them. Yeah. So I know those guys pretty well from my previous job, and uh, they said they could do it. So they did it. Neat. Yeah. Very <laughs> good. So were you using Cocos Two D then for the iPhone version? Yeah. Yeah. Strictly the uh, like Cocos Two D iPhone for the iPhone version. So when you say you switch to Unreal, it's because you switch from Coco Studio to Unreal. Yeah, yeah, Coco Coco Studio iPhone to Unreal. Yeah. So what was what was the decision between Unreal versus Unity? I guess you know this is always this is always the question that comes up. Uh, we had talked to a bunch of developers that we know, uh, like we know we know the the Nimble Bit uh, guys pretty well. Marsh Brothers. Yeah, the Marsh Brothers. Uh, so we'll see them like at GDC every year. And like chat with them, and uh, who else? Like Half Brick, all those guys. You know, we see them at GDC every year, and a lot, a bunch of them had looked at Unity, and the the kind of consensus was that at least for the games like that we make, which are predominantly 2D, you are better off using uh, Cocos 2D. Like I don't I don't know this 100 percent because you know it's it's kind of partly opinion. We never really did a big kind of test in-house like is unity a good plan for us and we had like lots of people in-house that we hired and they were like some guys were like oh unity is the best and some guys were oh unity is garbage so <laughs> it's like uh you know mac versus pc or yeah. something like that yeah. yeah religious wars yeah kind of, it kind of seemed like a religious war and then you know as we were kind of like battling it out and that was over the course of maybe like a year year and a half then unreal was like yeah so unreal engine is now 30 bucks and we we're like, uh, okay, let's look at that because why not? <laughs> and uh, it was pretty, pretty sweet. And then everybody comes out with a 3D engine. Even oh Amazon has one for crying out loud. Yeah, well, it's just that's just like uh, a Crytek engine, Lumberyard. Yeah, it's just like because uh, they paid uh, Crytek for that. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. And yeah. they just came out with that, right? Yeah, yeah. It was something like that. I know it's like they definitely licensed the engine. Uh, it was like last year at GDC. I think they, they Amazon made like a secret announcement, like we they like bought like a game engine, but I don't think they said like what it what it was or anything. And then because they just came out of it out of nowhere, right? It's like, hey, here's a game engine from Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, from from your listening to the other members in the industry, how is it working for them? Do you think is it getting any traction so far? Uh, I haven't heard anything big coming out of it. I, to be honest, I don't, I don't know what they're doing because unity and unreal already have like, like unreal even has kind of like a bit of an uphill climb. Like I think granted Amazon has some pretty strong resources and I mean, so does Epic though. And you know, that's as we work through all the issues with uh, unreal on mobile, um, you know, it's, it's not perfect. Sure. So we've been we've been working through a bunch of issues on their side. So I I don't know if maybe like Lumberyard is better. I don't know. I I haven't tried it. Well, it's PC only for now. So oh, PC only. That's what I that's what I read. So wow, that's shocking. Mo mobile is coming actually, but yeah. Yeah, it's got to be. It's got to be. Well, that's where the future is apparently. <laughs> yes, and they have just as they have the internet on computers. <laughs> So, so Get Set Games has been uh, around since 2009, you say? Yeah. 
And uh, so how, how big is your team there now? Uh, now we're actually, we just have one guy resigned. So now we're going to be five, but then we also have like two guys on contract. And then we also use some other, just like um, our contractors right now we're using a company uh, concept art house based in San Francisco. They're, they're actually really, they're a bit pricey, but they do some really good stuff for like league of legends with riot and uh, uh, world of Warcraft with blizzard. Oh, cool. So wow. they have like a really high uh, pedigree. Yeah. So, so they do design work or concept art for you? Uh, they're doing they're doing a bit of both. So they're doing some very light concepts for uh, one of the games. Well, for the Adult Swim game, just like concept of like a world or environment. And then we're going to get uh, a couple of our guys to like build it out in-house because it's, it's way cheaper. Because we got to pay those guys in U.S. dollars. And that's just killing us right now. Well, it does make it good for people who want to come to NS North, though. <laughs> yes, it does. And so uh, in terms of the five people that, that are at your shop there, are they are the majority of them d developers? Or do you have some, some biz dev or in QA? Uh, it, all, it all kind of moves around a little bit because we're, we're so few. Yeah. Like, so those, uh, those four of us that, that founded the company, like you, you guys met uh, one of my partners, Derek, at uh, the Apple event. Yeah. In Toronto. Yeah. So me and Derek were like the developer founders. And then there's two brothers, uh, Matt and Nick, who are, do like the art and uh, like art, art direction and uh, a bunch of the content. And then we have one guy just doing um, like scripting in Unreal. Mm, right. That can be a full time job. Oh, it, it is. Absolutely. So what were you doing before Get Set Games? Oh man, I was doing some boring stuff right right before I was doing Enterprise Java. No, no. <laughs> no, I was developing a classic ASP and it was doing a web front end for uh, like a server failover system. So I, I worked for this company that, that like managed a system if you had a um, a mail server or like a database server that like failed then it, it would like transfer to a virtual one. Hmm. So you could like go in and like fix the physical hardware as the like virtual one took over, you know, do the repairs and then transfer it back. Like a hot swap kind of deal. Yeah. Yeah. It's essentially a, a, some kind of load balancer too. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. So I actually, that was kind of when I started do, first doing like iOS development and even, you know, I had a lot of experience doing, in like every other language, like Python, C, C++, PHP, all, all that kind of standard development stuff. And then uh, started looking at Objective-C and it was, it was like very daunting. So what was the Objective-C angle in doing a, a, a front-end uh, failover system? Yeah, exactly. It was like they wanted to have like an iPhone or they had, they had been looking at it, like playing with the idea of, of having like a iPhone client hmm. for, their, for their customers. And uh, I had started looking into it, so it was, you know, I said, yeah, I could, I could do it. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't incredibly complex, but uh, it was, it was a good way for me to try like something in in production. And that was your your first foray into iOS development. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or even mobile development, if I get this correctly. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And are you? Uh, did you go to um, do any schooling in in CS, or what was? What did you focus on? Yeah, I went to uh, Ryerson in Toronto, so for computer science, yeah. 
how did you meet up with uh, with Derek then? Uh, so actually, Derek and Matt and Nick, we all met at uh, a previous company in Toronto, which was a, a very odd company. It was like a small startup. It was maybe like 10 people. And we were doing this. This was like, I think, Windows XP had like just come out. We were doing a 3D front end for a Windows desktop. The best comparison I can think of is you can think of like a 3D game at, at that time, like a bit more advanced than like uh, Doom or Doom 2. And you like go around, you know, you're not like shooting anything, but that's like the environment. And you'd have like we had this paradigm called like bays. So one of the, one of the cool things you could go to like uh, a browser bay, right? And had the, it was basically just like this wall of uh, screenshots of like 20 different websites. And so you could like see like the updated content from the website and then, you know, you click on it and it would take you to the, the website, but like not in 3D. It's, it was like, not like what you would say it would be more analogous today, like to a, you could picture it as like in, in VR. Like it was nothing like that. It was just like launch Internet Explorer and take you to the website. Oh, okay. But you still navigate or walk through the environment, so to speak, to get to it. Yeah, exactly. In, in 3D space. It was not very functional. Have you ever played a process doom? where the, it's, a, it's a port of doom where the monsters are processes and you kill them? Oh, my goodness. I, th I think I've heard of that. Is, is that like, is it old? It's about that, that time frame, okay. approximately. I probably did see that, yeah. I don't, th I don't think I tried it, though. Yeah, you can bring down your whole system if you play it as root. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. So, so have you done any kind of, uh, this is just an off-the-cuff question, have you done any uh, investigation at all the new VR stuff? Uh, yeah. We're, we may try something like later this year, um, just as like an experimental project in-house. I mean, obviously there's a lot of money behind VR, so it's kind of something that we need to explore just like even like a little bit. I'm like, I'm, I'm not the VR person in, in the office though. It's like not my strongest interest. Okay. But I mean, it, I, th I think it would be foolish not to, not to look at it. I mean, like every company is investing millions, like all the like big platform guys are investing millions. It's wild. Yeah. The amount of money that's going into it now. Yeah. So would you have like have you guys tried tried the Oculus headset? Yeah, a couple of the guys have them in house, and we ordered um, the consumer version. Oh, nice! We bought it for the office, so I think it's coming like late March. That's a fun toy. Yeah, yeah. I tried the the DK two, and I was like, I'm definitely sold on the idea. Like, I tried the demo, one of the demos where like you're walking up, um, it's like an an open staircase. You know, where it's like, it's just like flat boards. I don't know how you describe that, like staircase, like a flo uh, floating staircase, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah. So you're like walking up and like you're over this like big chasm of like lava or something. And it like oh, totally freaked goodness. me out. I've tried a few of the roller coaster ones and it really like you feel the same effect in your stomach as if you're on a real roller coaster. Yeah. It's pretty incredible, isn't it? Yeah. That's certainly the future. Yeah, definitely the future. Yeah, I like the... Um, the Unreal demo was that was that the roller coaster demo in Unreal that you're talking about? Um, I it must have been. It was about a year ago that I tried it. Is it like where you're? It's kind of like a miniature roller coaster, and you're in like a living room. Uh, a living room? No, I don't think so. Oh, 
This is when like you actually feel like you're getting on. It's it's like an old rickety wooden <laughs> roller coaster, like one of the original ones. Mm. And you sit there. I don't. I think there might be like one or two loops. Anyhow, it's it's worth trying it. Yeah, yeah. It's it's pretty immersive. What what's your feeling for the tech of VR? Because I see high tech like Oculus Rift and things that cost hundreds of dollars, and low tech, which is basically put your smartphone in a cardboard box and <laughs> take a look. So what's your what's your feeling on 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 both those those spectrums? Do you think there's one that's going to be more more popular? It's going to take off. Yeah, I think so. I think initially it will be like uh, Google Cardboard and things like that, just because it's so it's so cheap, and I think will be so. And there's a lot of smartphones. Yeah, there's a, there's a ton of, of smartphones. I think it's going to be like a novelty at first, and I I think some of the big guys like uh, Facebook, uh, who obviously bought Oculus, has has kind of been saying this. You know, they're they're approaching it first as like. Uh, video is like the first thing you know they want to make like and there's already lots of demos of like vr video you can get and, and watch and i think it, that's that's where it's going to start and I, I don't know how quickly it's kind of going to move out of there because the like the dedicated hardware like the uh, oculus headset or the or the uh vive they're they're just so pricey right now like it's for the oculus headset it was like i think a thousand bucks Oh my goodness! Yeah, it's like seven hundred US. So yeah, absolutely. And you you got to have like a pretty beefy PC as well. Some of the analysis is that that I've heard is that it's going to be probably like five to ten years before it's really like ubiquitous. You can like just hook up a headset to your PC and try. Like there'll be you know lots of demos, lots of games, and you can try stuff out. But uh, that's that's kind of how I how I see it. When you're not at work, what uh, can you tell us a little bit more about what you do in the iOS and Mac community? In terms of like the development, I've been trying to move away from uh, personally because I've been concentrating more on like biz dev type stuff. Yeah, but I still do like a little bit, which is not exciting at all. And and uh, I think Unreal has a. It's not exciting because I've probably spent the like past two years in some form or another is like looking at like ad networks for our mobile games. What are some of the big uh, ad networks for games these days? Are they still like AdMob and all that kind of stuff, or is it all changed? It's been a while. They, it's weird. Like, AdMob is still there, yeah, because it's it's driven by Google. Uh, Chartboost is a really uh, big one. Uh, Tapjoy is in there. Upside is pretty big. Playhaven is still there. Man, this is like endless. This is like an endless list. <laughs> you know, I should I should do my presentation on like mobile ad networks. That could easily fill like <laughs> an hour. <laughs> um, now here's one for you, Rob. Uh, I see that you are the co-founder of Toronto Game Jam. You can probably talk yeah. a little bit more about that. Yeah. So that's that's something also I don't really do as much anymore on because I've been concentrating more on uh, get set games and and running that, but. Um, you know, I still participate as, as much as I can. I still like to go to the event and just hang out with people. It's you know, This is going to be like its 11th year this year. Oh, wow. What is the event then? Oh, yes. Pirate, Pirate Enemy. So it's basically you come to uh, George Brown College, which we partner with in, in Toronto and have been for the, the past several years. And uh, you, you make a video game over a weekend. So Friday to Sunday. So it's a hackathon for video games. Yeah. And it's been going on for 11 years? 
Yeah, well, this this will be its eleventh year in May. Wow. Well, well, that's a pretty good community. You seem to be you, you seem to do more in the in the community than, <laughs> than you you let on, or maybe you just narrowed it too much with iOS and Mac. Yeah. I think so. Yeah, well, yeah, that's that's the thing. Yeah, if you if you go outside like iOS and Mac, I was concentrating on that for the the question, but um, <laughs> you know, I, I am pretty involved in in the video game community in in Toronto and have been for for quite some time, probably since. Uh, 97 wow you know just going to like igda toronto events uh hand eye society if you know anything about like the the toronto scene and then they have all sorts of like special events that go on they like hand eye society does this like special event i think it's once once a year maybe more than that called the uh, fancy video game party oh my god and they just like rent out rent out like a, a big venue in toronto and uh you just they like curate a set of games and you just go there and have some drinks and play some games and it's it's a lot of fun that sounds awesome yeah we started out with uh, like 30 people i think in our first year and now we're i think it's like 460 wow so that's like complete teams with developers designers qa uh, uh, project managers <laughs> everything some people do that so there's there's uh one guy who's uh been coming to the game jams for a number of years ryan creighton who's uh who's been making games for a long time and uh he decided one year to do that actually like most people comes come with like a team of like we usually suggest like a max of like six right and then ryan decided one year he wanted to have like a team of like 20 wow <laughs> and he did it he did it too so do you do you pay something to get into this? Uh, we we've made it free every year. Wow, wow. very good. That's so impressive. we have we have some very generous sponsors. <laughs> it's yeah we've we've never charged for people to attend. Um, it's just you know show up make a make a game. The the kind of end result that we want to see is um, that you have a game. Like that's the thing that makes the event look good. Is like lots of. Lots of uh, local studios and independent developers have come now and um, made a game that they've started at the jam. So, like one of one of well, there's a couple that have come out of that, but I think one of the notable ones in recent years has been uh, Capybara Games, who's in Toronto. They they made a game, Super Time Force. Oh wow! I think like a year a year or two ago, they started that at, at Toe Jam. Oh, that's awesome! I didn't I yeah. didn't know I didn't even, I, I didn't even know they were in Toronto. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Jeez. So uh, when you're not hacking away on your on games and biz dev, uh, what, what do you like to do outside of tech? What are your hobbies and whatnot? Outside of tech, uh, I try to exercise as much as possible. That's always a, a big thing for me. Are you a runner? Yeah. Actually, I do like to uh, to run a lot. I was actually running before I hopped on the call with you guys. Oh, amazing. I'm, I'm also in Toronto. And so for this big thigh, I've seen a lot of people out on the street. Yeah. Yeah, I say absolutely. big thaw with heavy air quits because who knows what's coming. Are you a marathoner or what do you what do you like to do like for running like long distance short? Yeah, I, us I usually like to do long distance. So I, I haven't done it in a few years, but I I have done like two half marathons, which was long enough wow. for me. Yep. I, I would like to do a, a marathon eventually, but it is it is pretty far. I got to I got to train more running consistently to be able to do that. It's it's tough. I I ran my first marathon back in 2010, I think it was. Oh, nice. And 
that was that was my only time I did it as well. <laughs> I was like, I'm not doing this again. <laughs> yeah, well, you've done it, so you've you know you, you know you can do it. That's it. Checked it off the list. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's been half marathons ever since for for me. Like I got the running bug a few years back. Yeah, it's a really good uh, cardio workout. It is. Well, thanks so much for joining us, Rob. You're welcome. What's the uh, what's the best way for someone to get in touch with you? I'm happy to to answer emails. You can send an email to to rob at getsetgames.com or um, on my like Twitter account, which is Robert F. Siegel. Either is good. Cool. You can uh, learn more about our conference by visiting our website at nsnorth.ca. Tickets are still available. And also be sure to follow us for updates on Medium and Twitter at nsnorth. Thanks for listening. And please join us again next time to meet another great speaker. Adrian, how can people get in touch with you? You can also find me on Twitter at AdrianRM, or you can email me at adrian at nsnorth.ca. And Phil, how can people get in touch with you? I am at philipc on Twitter or phil at nsnorth.ca. And I am underscore Dan Byers on Twitter, or you can email me at dan at nsnorth.ca. See you soon, everybody. Thanks for listening. 